Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. We're starting a new series entitled Eyewitness. I like iPad, iPod, eyewitness, that today in your life you would have an encounter with God that would empower you to witness what God has for you. Some years ago, I was uh, living in Tulsa. Some of you may know Ta- Pastor Tommy Barnett from Phoenix, uh, Arizona, one of the greatest pastors that, that we have today on earth, in my opinion. He's now transitioned his church in L.A., which Matthew Barnett is actually founded, but Tommy was the instigator, initiator of that, and his son Luke now pastors in, in Phoenix. But I was asked to be a part of a thing in the 80s called 100 Forceful Young Men, and I was invited to that, and I'll never forget Tommy Barnett's message. Never had to write it down. It was in my heart. He was telling the story of how his dad was his hero. And that he always looked up to his dad, and and when his dad was about to pass, Tommy was devastated, knowing that his dad was going to go into eternity, and certainly he was going to be with Jesus, but he was having a hard time with it. And his father looked at him and said, Tommy, you must live by a firsthand revelation for you. In other words, Tommy, I know I've been your hero, and I know that you've looked to me for spiritual direction. And you've looked to me as a father to lead you and guide you and to protect you and provide for you. But Tommy, you need a first-hand revelation. Today, some of you may be saying, well, you know, I'm here today because my grandmother prayed for me. Your grandmother had a revelation of God. And because of that, you submitted to God. But the reality is that God wants you to have an encounter with Him in such a way that in your life... You wouldn't need anybody else but the Lord. Now, that's a big task because my mother's about to pass into eternity. My dad went went to heaven October of 2014. My mother will probably go to heaven any time now. We were called uh, some time ago and told that she was going to pass, and somehow she's just a stubborn German. (laughs) And that woman refuses to die. Now, you say, well... Mark, that's a good thing. Well, not when she doesn't know anybody or anything. Uh, And it's really been a painful experience to watch my mother in this body, but she doesn't know who I am. She hasn't known who I've I've been for over two years. And But that woman played piano in a small little church that she dragged us to and prayed for us and prayed for our family. And she's going to go into eternity. And even though she doesn't know me right now, I can sit her down at a piano And she can still play Amazing Grace. Her mind is gone, but her spirit's alive. And I just know that I have to live the rest of my life covering myself. When you've had someone praying for you and someone loving you, caring for you, and their revelation literally has been the bridge between you and God. Nothing wrong. For that prayer and that bridge. But the reality is God wants you to have a supernatural experience of your own. Now if you would, turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 15. 
It takes a confidence in God to stand against things that come against you in order to overcome. People who are overcomers, guess what? The word overcome means there was something in your way that was trying to prevent you from getting to where God wants you to go. Something in your way, an obstacle. So when you overcome, that means you have won some sort of victory at some level to get you to the next place in your life. And we all know that this life sometimes comes with challenges. Now, I'm going to address this because it's just two days away. We've got an election coming up Tuesday. I am so sick. There is not enough antacid on earth to take away the heartburn. And I don't care. You know, you, I, I do care. I just I want the right person. But here's the reality, folks. I have enough supernatural confidence in God. Then I'm going to ask you a question here. What do you think about Judas Iscariot? You take religious people and they hate Judas. How could Judas betray Christ? Ask yourself this question. What if there was no Judas? Would there be a cross? Any of you watching? We don't have a response here. (laughs) I, I think through this stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, what if the wrong person's elected, which probably that's guaranteed. Uh, (laughs) You know, it just is. So what if? Then this question, I have not heard a preacher talk about it yet. I'm sure they have. I just don't listen much to apocalyptic teaching. But, you know, we all want to go to heaven before all hell breaks loose. There's a country song in there. I'm going to see if I can get someone to write on top of that one. We all want to go to heaven before all hell breaks loose. And we all think that it would be a wonderful thing, but some generation, one generation is going to experience Armageddon. Now, what if this election is the introduction I'll come back and preach on money or something next week. (laughs) 20 ways to be successful on earth, I guess. I don't know. The reason I say this is because we ought to be happy. We ought to just be happy. Tuesday night, there are going to be people mad and hating. I'm just going to be happy. I may get a Red Bull up, out, and stay up until 2 a.m. just to have a party. Because it's over. It's over. The elections will be over. And there's all this tension. If you have a firsthand revelation and you're an eyewitness to the supernatural, nothing worries us. The Bible tells us not to worry. Some of you right now are worried about next month's bills. and It's only November. You're worried about a lot of things. Guess what? Your worry today is not going to change one of those things. It's just not going to change one. And so, I'm about to read a passage of Scripture to you that this is a sermon that I had this thought many years ago, and I've preached along these lines many years ago. Some of you will recall it. A messenger came and told David, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. You may remember Absalom is coming in to uh, 
take over David's kingdom. It was a hostile takeover. He had begun influencing people that his father was no good. One day he gets the courage and rallied enough people where he felt like he could come and conquer David. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, we must flee or none of us will escape from Absalom. Now seriously, this is the guy that fought Goliath? This is the guy that had no fear what he's going to obey the Lord. David's love for Absalom was great. But what was even greater than that was his trust in God and his faith in God. We must leave immediately or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring a ruin upon us and put the city to the sword. The king's officials answered him, Your servants are ready to do whatever our lord the king chooses. The king set out with his entire household following him, but he left ten concubines to take care of the palace. So the king set out with all the people following him, and they halted at a place some distance away. All his men marched past him, along with all the Carathites, the Pelathites, and all the 600 Gittites who had accompanied him from Gath, marched before the king. The king said to Ittai, the Gittite, why should you come along with us? Go back and stay with King Absalom. You are a foreigner, an exile from your homeland. Now David, some for some reason, David knows this one man named Ittai. This one man David points out, out of all the tribes that are mentioned, the Carathites, Pelathites, and the Gittites, and only 600 Gittites, David points out this one man. Now, wouldn't you want to know why? First off, come on, Ittai, that's not a common name. I've yet to meet an Ittai in my 50-some years of life. Soon to be more than that. But we're not talking about that. It means I'm getting older. So... David points out this one guy. So I tracked the life of this guy named Ittai because it just intrigued me. I've never heard that. Matter of fact, if I was going to have another kid today, I'd probably name him Ittai. He'd be one bad dude in elementary school. They say, hey, man, what's up, Ittai? Never heard that name. You came only yesterday, and today I shall make you wonder with us when I do not know where I'm going. Go back and take your countrymen. May kindness and faithfulness be with you. But Ittai replied to the king, As surely as the Lord lives and as my Lord the king lives, wherever my Lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there will be your servant. How can one man say that? No, I've just been given the key to my safety. That if I go back, I can be with Absalom. He possesses the kingdom, and he is not going to be after me. I don't have to put myself in the line of fire. I don't have to take the risk. But because Ittai had a revelation of the presence and power of God, he refused to find comfort in the easy thing that David had offered him. Now, let me tell you something. When you have a firsthand revelation and you have been an eyewitness to the supernatural, you will be immovable when it comes to the things of God. In other words, you're no longer taking a poll or a survey of what other people think about your choices. I mean, come on, man. Some of you watching online, some of you here, your choice to be at Mosaic Church OKC has been met with some real criticism. But for some reason, you had a supernatural revelation from God. 
I'm not saying everybody should be here, but I'm saying to be in a place that is not the easiest place to be means you've had to have a witness. You've had to witness something of God, saying, God, I don't care what happens to me. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. David said to Ittai, go ahead and march on. So Ittai the Gittite marched on with all his men and the families that were with him. Now, if David's speaking to Ittai, wouldn't you say Ittai was the representative of the Gittites? 600 people. That's a lot of people. Now, if Ittai is wrong, it's possible that the entire tribe that was with him could die. At the hands of an angry, hostile Absalom. But something in him convinced him that David was God's man. If you look at 2 Samuel chapter 6, this may explain it. And I'm going to tell you the story and then read part of it. How many of you remember when the Ark of the Covenant was being carried on a cart? Now, first, let me help you with something here. Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was built to be carried on the shoulders of men. It had two long poles that went through it, and the Ark represented the presence of God. You may recall it was carried into the the Red Sea at overflow. I mean, this Ark represented, this is God. He's here. On this particular journey, when David is moving the Ark, it's on a cart, God doesn't put his anointing on objects. He puts his anointing on people. There's not an anointing on this house. There's anointing on the people of this house. When you walk in, the atmosphere of this room changes. We could have church in a bar. That last night there were some spirits there, but when you walk in, the Holy Spirit's there. The building is not the problem. People are always the potential problem. It's about what we bring here. We bring the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and the power of God because we are submitted and surrendered to God. Not because of our works, but because we are submitted to His work. So David puts the ark on a cart. And the oxen stumbles. And when it does, the ark begins to fall off. And a guy named Uzzah grabs the presence of God. We don't grab the presence of God. We submit to the presence of God. I can't make God do something, but I can let God do something. Uzzah touches the ark. He dies. David gets offended. Don't ever get offended. Let me tell you something. When you get offended, you do stupid things. Offended people say stupid things and do stupid things. Offended people disobey God. Offended people walk in the flesh. Offended people are a... Danger to themselves. Because this is never, this world will never have perfection. So in this case, David, it says, gets angry with God. So angry with God that he dismisses the presence of God. And he takes the ark to where? To Obed-Edom's house, who is a Gittite. 
Now, the reason I'm saying spending all this time on this, there was a reason that Ittai refused to separate himself from David. He understood the anointing. Let me tell you why. (laughs) This is unbelievable. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. How many of you know he didn't put it on a cart again? The only time in the Bible we see that the ark was carried by an object and not people, it didn't turn out well. You see, you and I are called to have that supernatural anointing because of the presence of God in our lives that we carry. My mother cannot carry my anointing. I can't expect my mother to provide for me what the Holy Spirit can provide for me. If you're looking to somebody or something to get you through, then somebody else is carrying what God wants to put on you. You are the vehicle to God's blessing. But we have to submit and surrender to that. I've told you that we're hopefully going to be moving into a building here in just a short period of time. have not told you where it's at, most of you, because I don't want you looking to the object. But let me just tell you something. It is a stretch for me. Huge stretch for me. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It takes a witness. Once you've experienced the supernatural, the natural will no longer be sufficient for you. A mind that has been duly stretched can never go back to its original form. This series is going to talk about maintaining an eyewitness of everything that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time for each and every one of us. I love it when you pray for me. As a matter of fact, I ask you to pray for me every day of every week. I do. I need it. But... I want you to pray for me something like this. Give him eyes to see. God, make him an eyewitness of your will, your desire, what you want. Because I want to see that. And when somebody starts prophesying to you, that prophecy is not for direction. It's for confirmation. The danger of prophecy is that you grab hold of something that didn't already grab hold of you. If somebody comes, I have a prophetic word for you. I'm not moving on that word until I know the Holy Spirit spoken to me. So we have Ittai the Gittite who sees the blessing of God because of the ark of God and the presence of God in Obed-Edom's house. So now when he gets to David, as I've already read, David tries to persuade him to go elsewhere. And he says, "I'm I'm not going elsewhere. I'm not going elsewhere. Where you go, I'm going to go because I know how this works. I've seen what happens when this box goes somewhere 
I want to be near the box. I don't care what it costs. If it costs me my life, I want to be where the presence of God is. I would rather die in the presence of God than live outside the presence of God. So, the name Ittai means near, timely, and with the Lord. So let's talk about the eyewitness to the presence of God. That means being near God, near the presence. You know, one of the reasons we come to church is to experience the collective presence of God on an individual level. Makes sense that we come together, we worship, you sense God, you experience God. It's important The first thing that I believe happens, there are three laws at work here. One is the law of attraction. You first have to be attracted to the things of God, the Spirit of God, the presence of God. You have to be attracted. I have never heard in relationship, horizontal relationship, a man say, look across the room and say, I'm so attracted to her brilliance, and she hasn't even opened her mouth yet. Can we get real? Come on. It just doesn't happen. Now, you might that be a part of it, but you're, at first sight, there's something visible that you see that you go, yeah, chihuahua. <laughs> the law of attraction. You can be attracted to a vehicle, a person. You can be attracted, but it, that law of attraction is what gives way to our direction. You don't move in a direction without an attraction. And so you and I have to first be attracted to something. And this is what concerns me is distraction will prevent you from finding the right attraction that will prevent you from going the right direction. So for instance, if you're right now distracted about Tuesday, it will limit your attractiveness to where you are today. What are you attracted to today? Because today's all you have. Jesus could come back on Monday and just wreck everybody's political world. I know that some people don't like to hear that, and you say, I've heard that my whole life, and all of those wonderful things, but it could happen. Now, what do you think? Why would we waste our time thinking about Tuesday when Monday's not even here, and Jesus may do something radical? I just want today. See, so Obed-Edom's not thinking, well, Absalom's going to catch up with us. He's going to kill us. He's just thinking, today, I'm going to be where the box is. I've witnessed what happens when you get around that box. I watched a guy for three months have his household blessed because the presence of God was in there. Now, it doesn't say one thing after the box leaves that Obed-Edom's life was better. No, because God's presence was in that ark, and you are now the carrier of God's presence. You can walk into a room and change the atmosphere of a room. Or what happens most of the time is we adjust our light to the dimness of the room in which we walk. We dumb ourselves down to the atmosphere of the room when God has called us to elevate the atmosphere of the room. You can walk into a wake and awaken everybody to the presence of God. You say, shouldn't you be sad at funerals? No, I'm sad at weddings. Because I know they're about to go through hell to get to where they want to be. And so... (laughs) I get happier at funerals because those people are done. They're walking on streets of gold. 
They're like, I'm glad y'all down there left with it. I'm done. To quote Jesus, it is finished, baby. But when you walk into a room, literally, if you've been around people who just walk into a room and everything shifts and you don't know why, it's because they decided to exercise the presence of God in their life and not dumb it down to the atmosphere of negativity. It ties like, bring it on. I'm going with you. You die, I die. I like that. I like that. Now, I'm so attracted to the presence of God. I can almost tell when somebody's saved. And if you haven't had somebody ask you what you on, have you ever, I mean, the, the most wonderful compliment anybody can pay you, you're different. And then, of course, it shakes you up. What, what do you mean? You're different. What's different? The presence of God. I've been touched by the supernatural. I can't go back to my natural form anymore. I can't be who I was because I know who I am. I know who I am. You've got to know who you are. When I read the story of Ittai, I'm thinking this man has put 600 people on his back. And they followed him. Why would you follow him? Because he had this faith in the presence of God. He was attracted. It wasn't David. The anointing was on David. We know that. He was anointed king. God never removed his hand from David. He walked in the authority and power of God. You and I have to keep that attraction. Have to i got to stay attracted to God, the presence of God, the power of God. God has to be the foundation for all of our lives. I mean, why would anybody sleep in today? You had an hour's extra sleep. Get out of bed. <laughs> Jesus' name. We pursue what we're attracted to. Secondly is the law of connection. The attraction leads you to a connection, or at least hopefully. Some of y'all have been turned down. Uh, I guess <laughs> I'm attracted to you. Well, good luck. But it, you have to first be attracted before you're connected. I believe that Ittai presented such a, an appeal and attraction for the things of God that the other Gittites, the 599, or maybe there were 601 and he was one, but I believe the attraction created a connection. You see, people are looking for Jesus. Here's the problem. Is the body of Christ attractive enough to create the connection? Let me tell you what's attractive. Grace and mercy. Love. Those are attractive attributes that come with us knowing Jesus. Condemnation, judgment, criticism, and meanness. Nobody wants to be around that. So you wonder why people aren't coming to church and Jesus? The law of attraction creates the law of connection. And if we want people to be connected to us, we have to be attractive to them. That's the reason we preach the message that we preach. I don't preach this to 
to get you to like me. I, I preach this to get people to like you. I want people to be enamored with the spirit and presence of God on your life as Ittai was with David. Because the Bible said David was a man after God's own heart. That's attractive. I want us to be that to the world in which we live. The third thing is the law of association. Once you get connected to someone, there's power in association. Your alignment and your assignment. If you have a wrong alignment, you will probably miss your God assignment. There are people that you can't be around that I can't be around. I... There was a day that, and I've told this story before, there, 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 I played golf with a guy on a regular basis who you would know who he was, and I don't even recall how I began playing golf with him. But he was very well-known. Actually, he was a son-in-law of one of the most well-known people in the world. I had access to their private compound. I could go to the gate. I could get in. I had access to everything. I was inside where most people were trying to look over the wall. But this man was so negative, and, and I, I, it bothered me every time I played golf with him because he just was negative. And God said, you're associating yourself with that negativity. And he said, I want you to stop playing golf with him. I thought, but it's so cool. <laughs> I get to tell people, I get to go in. You see what I'm saying? I had dumbed down the presence of God on my life because of the popularity of being with someone who was well-known. I'd love to tell you I'm ashamed of it. I'm just sorry I did it. But God said, your association with him is going to interfere with the anointing I want to put on your life. Now, he was a good guy. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not even blaming him. I'm just saying God told me this, this association is not going to work for you. And I quit playing golf with him. I gave all of that up. All the private access, all the things that I had at my fingertips anytime I wanted, gave it up. Because the Bible says, if you walk with the wise, you grow wise, but a companion of fools comes to ruin. Your associations, it's not your intellect, it's your, not your intelligence. Most people say, well, I'm just not smart enough. Let me tell you, I know a lot of dumb people who've done well. I know it sounds tacky, forgive me, but they aligned themselves with the right people. They associated with the right people. Look, folks, you and I have been bought with a price. I can't go where I want because if I could, I'd be preaching on a beach somewhere today. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, we, we've been bought with a price. I don't have success wherever I want to have success. I don't have a following wherever I want to have a following. And even if I did, it would be miserable because it wouldn't be where God wanted me to be. See, we got to take this real seriously. I mean, Ittai had to go, you know what? I have an opportunity to protect my life, and I can associate with Absalom, and he's going to be the new king. I should go be with him because that seems like the smart thing to do. Let me tell you, you do want to go through hell with Christ than live in the kingdom without him. 
Tough times happen. Difficulty happens. Things happen in our lives. But we must never, ever, ever let go of the presence of God. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. And joy, according to the Bible, produces strength. Presence produces joy. Joy produces strength. I don't get to pick where I go. You don't get to pick where you go. There was a time in college, I was getting my theology degree and was going to Victory Christian Center in Tulsa attending. Nobody knew who I was. And when you have 10,000 people, how many of you know it's kind of hard to know who anybody is? And so, you know, I, I really felt like I needed to go. I had this, you know, people needed to hear me. And they're not hearing me. I'm one of 10,000. Nobody knows. So. so one day I got this invitation to interview for a position across town in Tulsa. And uh, it was to take over a youth pastor's position there. And I was so excited. I thought how blessed those people are going to be to have me. Uh, so I, I went Sunday morning and sat in this church and I got to tell you, I, I don't even think Jesus was within 10 miles of that church. Now, I could say that. Reality was he was there. But I was in the wrong place. And I sat there, and I'm on the front row thinking, I want this job, I want this job, I want this job, I want this job. In Jesus' name be it done, Lord. Yes, Lord, according to my will, not thy will be done, but my will be done. You know, we've all prayed the reverse of the. And I, I left that morning. There were two services. I left that morning, and I just was not happy. I was not happy. Because I knew, I knew Jesus didn't want me there. The box was across town. <laughs> not talking about Jack. <laughs> In the box. And so... That evening, there was an evening service back where I'd been attending, and I walked in, and as I did, it was like a cool breeze hit me when I was walking in. And I thought, God, I'd rather be in a place where I'm not known and you are than to be in a place where I'm known and you're not. Because the presence of God changes everything. Where you work, you need to pray. You may hate your boss. And God's saying, you're right where you need to be. i got to get rid of that hate. Ittai showed me that because of his witness of what happened in Obed-Edom's house, when it came to difficult time to make a decision, because of the presence of God, he made the right decision. Guess who got his kingdom back? David. It's a matter of time. Got his kingdom back. You see, your life, my life, not ours. I've witnessed God, and I can no longer run from God. Wanted to. You may want to. But today, those of you watching online, you're about to make a major decision. And you're making it based on pros and cons. You're making that decision based on measuring the good and the bad. 
you may be the good that God wants in a bad situation. I believe in this case, Ittai, rather than jeopardizing the 600 people following him, stayed in a place that was far more risky than the place that he really wanted to be that made a lot more sense. We've been bought with a price. Our life's not our own. Today, my prayer is that you would have such an encounter with God that nothing or no one could move you away from remaining in His presence. I don't know how many of you have ever wanted to run, run away, disappear, start a new life. New life is not found somewhere. New life is found in someone, and his name is Jesus. You don't get a new life because you get a new house, a new car, live in a new state. You get a new life because you put your faith in the one who put his faith in you first. You love the one who first loved you. That's how this works. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us an opportunity to witness you. Giving us opportunity, Lord, to experience you. That Jesus, when you left, you said you would leave another with us and you would leave your comforter. So, Lord, today, <clears throat> I pray for that comfort in our lives, everyone's life, those here and those watching. I want us all to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I am so grateful that you love me so much that you sent Jesus to die for me. Jesus, today, I purpose to live for you because I know your presence changes things. It changes people. So, Lord, today, I surrender to your change in my life. Amen.